genre. What up, nerds? Welcome to Tales from the Short Box, the once weekly Wednesday podcast where we talk about uh, comic books. My name's Adam Sheehan, and I'm here with the other people on this show, Sean Petit. Yo. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Vite. hey As a courtesy, I want to remind the listener that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read the comic books we're going to talk about, we're going to you know spoil the way those things happen. So I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week is Promethea Deluxe Edition Book Number 1 by Alan Moore, J.H. Williams, and Mick Bray. Oh man, y'all fucking really? ready to traverse the Kabbalah tree? And you, the don't Kabbalah. Even, you don't I'm not. even know. <laughs> I am not ready for this episode. Don't even know. But here man. we are. Oh man, I, I'm not nearly high enough for this episode. I feel like I should be having like a panic like acid trip while we talk about this because I've never I tried actually... to get high enough for this episode. I don't <laughs> think impossible. I have enough weed. <laughs> That's the trick though. That's the key. If you get too high, you, you miss it. You got to. Mm. Alan Moore is just, just high on magic, man. Just high enough. Just that Goldilocks zone. Lightly yeah, got, toasted. Yeah. Not too warm, brown. not too cold. Just right. You got to yeah. get on the brink of ego death so you can comprehend the journey through the Kabbalah tree. Oh, baby, my ego's Golden been brown. dead, honey. <laughs> honey, she's gone. We don't know her. <laughs> um, before we jump into everything, I actually have some listener feedback, uh, which oh. is... Y'all suck! Y'all fucking suck! <laughs> That's the feedback from my brain. Just uh, to me, though. Yeah, Not yeah, exactly. Did I spell Alan Moore wrong or something again? Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Um, actually, it's just people reaching out and like having like suggestions and questions and stuff. Um, oh, oh shit. Are we going to have a yeah, listener so question? One, and the three O's and more, though, is a little much. More. <laughs> more. Look, more is more, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm I, I being a little bit hyperbolic here because one of the <laughs> listeners is literally my cousin, John. What's up, John? Uh, thank Yo. you for listening. Um. <laughs> he wanted to know our uh, our thoughts and opinions on the uh, the DC announcement, which we talked about a little off mic, and Adam was completely unaware of until we literally told him just now. No, I, I was I was aware of it. I just wasn't aware of Brave and the Bold. That's the only part I wasn't aware of. Mm. Yeah. Which is the best part, in my opinion. So it is the I'm, best part. That I'm was a... almost my my entire pitch for uh, Ideal Remake, and now I feel like I robbed myself of of getting to say I told you so by not going with that one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Always go with the weird Morrison. Uh, Could have had an EP credit, bro. Could have yep. an EP credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call up James Gunn and say, "I told you so." I know you. Were, I know you heard it was my, my podcast. idea to use Grant Morrison's idea. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I think I think my you know obviously my take is uh, everything Grant Morrison is amazing. So the fact that cautiously one, optimistic, yeah, the fact that at least one, if not possibly two, <laughs> things are going to be based on some of their greatest work is a fucking that's a win. Uh, RJ's been telling me to read this uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow thing, but it's out of print. Good job, DC. Uh, hopefully that's it's gonna, back soon. It's, yeah. it's going to be super out of print now. In, it is <laughs> impeccable yeah. super in print because or yeah, super in print. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if they're smarter than Marvel, they will put it in print immediately. Uh, Marvel. Yeah, print it seems like six months. Copy of it. Yeah, six months after every TV show Marvel's done for the last two years, they mm-hmm. put out the book, and it's just like, cool. I don't need House of M now. We know it's not part yeah. of the Wandavision show, assholes. Yeah. Also, I just, I just want, I just want them to do our boy Swampy right, just Dude. this once. It's 
Yes. <laughs> it's it's if I don't get an LSD sex game episode, what it's what's even the fucking what point? What are we doing? Yeah, it's actually gonna, point. It's, it's gonna be a movie. So uh there better be some LSD sex yams. That's De- okay, that if it's a I'm movie, saying. there better be sex yams in a movie for sure. Sexy. I mean he's got the yams. He's got he's got, he's got the yams. yams. He's got fucking donk and yams for days. <laughs> just, I still think I still laugh at the fact Jeez. that I in the Man Thing episode I said I wanted to trip off the mushrooms on Man Thing's back. Yeah, and you didn't even we know. Red Swamp Thing, and I'm like, holy shit, Swamp Thing has drugs on his back. Yeah, like, Alan Moore was thinking plus, of this like right when you were born, right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Alan Moore was coming up drugs. with this as you were an infant. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Oh, and so the other uh, listener uh, the feedback was. Um, our buddy Jen, who's a customer at the sh- the shop and mm-hmm. a listener, mm-hmm. uh, love you, Jen. Um, she would like for us to do a drunk history style recap on some of the oh, crazier X Men. Which uh, to which I told her that RJ doesn't drink. <laughs> well, like her her example specifically was like the Phalanx stuff, which is just oh, really confusing. Yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah. God, um, just something crazy, fucking confusing, and just be shit hammered. Exactly, and I was like, well, yeah, RJ. RJ doesn't drink, so that makes it funnier. <laughs> but I used also, to do that a yeah, he bit. might quit on us because uh, <laughs> we're pretty there's insufferable good, as it is. There's we're a decent chunk of those uh, early episodes where I was inebriated, little, little you tooted. Could, you, you could definitely a tell. Zooted. Um, yeah, I feel like I've done that out. too. Um, yeah. I just get it's sleepy just be halfway v, through. It's just gonna <laughs> be too. me seriously explaining. The phalanx, as everyone else, is just making jokes. What? Which is yeah, you're just gonna be screaming. A normal yeah. episode. Yeah, that's a regular episode. But like more insufferable. Kindergarten at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which could be good content. So uh, I, you know, I figured I yeah. would, I would throw her. Uh, yeah, give me an excuse. I feel like Can that would get- be like a good Patreon, uh, fucking a series. The, was just the like drunk just episode. do X Men crossovers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just really want, complicated. RJ. Really complicated, there, really confusing stuff. Literally, that we're no too drunk other for. way I can get everyone else to read onslaught. So I mean, let's I'm do perfect. it. Perfect. That sounds like a yes to me. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be emceeing, so we can do whatever book you want. <laughs> we just I will be there, and Friday. I will be none sleepy. of this Sunday. None of this rec- <laughs> Sunday recording bullshit. Well, especially well, I, I actually if it's got next some... Sunday. <laughs> I got some listening Definitely feedback today. Uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, D, if you're out there listening, um, thanks for s- still being around. But she <laughs> she was telling me about how she she'll drop in once in a while just to kind of like listen and support us. She doesn't read comics, but she read our or she listened to our Gore the God Butcher episode and went mm. out and bought a copy of Gore the God. Oh Butcher. hell yeah. yeah! Look at us <laughs> selling comics, killing it. I mean, book. personally for me, like my cousin John doesn't read comics. I literally sent him All Star Superman, and I think that's the only comic he's ever read. Which is really, if you're only going to read one, that's that's yeah. the one. That's and, a pretty uh, good one. And Zach only reads comics when I'm like, "Here, this is spooky. Read this." And so, so <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. So he read, read this. He read Swamp Thing, but otherwise he just listens and is supportive because he's just a great God, partner. Give me some uh, sex yams, baby. That's all I need. I need some live action him. sex yams. <laughs> <laughs> also, just like the deep philosophical teachings about man versus nature and our what it means to be human. But yeah, whatever. Sex yams. That's fine. Yeah. Also, like it needs to be deeply anti corporate. Deeply. Yeah. Deeply. <laughs> It'd be cool if they use a Swamp Thing movie to like ease us into, like, right at the very end of the Swamp Thing movie, if we're introduced to Animal Man. Like, oh, 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 oh. 
I don't think it's like if that movie came out in like March or like April when they normally come out, I think I'd be hard till December. <laughs> I think. So that would be um, fucking incredible. Yeah, and like like James Gunn was like, oh, it needs to. Be, it's gonna be its own thing that's like completely separate, but it will tie in. So like it's gonna have its own vibe, which I do love. Um, but yeah, it needs kind of to hope be it has uh, Superman getting told to fuck off by. Um, God damn it! Why can I not think of his name? The Floronic Man. No, the fucking Swamp Thing guy. Alec, Alec Holland. Holland. <laughs> Just telling Superman to fuck off. <laughs> also, also, I'm saying it now, and it, you know, we, since we already have a, a direct ear to James Gunn, practical <laughs> suit, practical suit. Don't fucking come at yeah. me with anything Bingo. but Please. a practical suit. I don't want Dude. it. Don't even it's talk to me. It's worth the time. It's worth the time. Don't even talk and to me money. unless there's a man in rubber. I don't want. I don't mm. want it. That's just the light. That's just a rule Casey lives by. Always men in rubber. That's uh, yeah. a. <laughs> Except it's now I'm allergic. Rule. Now I'm allergic to rubber, so that doesn't really work as well. Mm. <laughs> wow. All right, lambskin. Whatever. Well, this got <laughs> this got personal. Um. <laughs> no, I. But uh, I gave Zach a bunch of the uh, lotion that I'm allergic to because I found out that I'm allergic to lotion, y'all. How stupid is that? How fucking? I'm, I think I'm allergic to petroleum, which is a. Um, uh, ingredient in most lotion which is just fucking hilarious um but i gave it to zach and i'm like please don't please don't use it on places that it's gonna make my life miserable <laughs> oh no like like your face or your other places <laughs> yeah oh like God. i'm allergic to lotion so i'm gonna rub it all over my boyfriend <laughs> and then break out knives anytime i touch him <laughs> like i don't know i don't know i've just been having a rough fucking time i'm covered in like abscesses now like y'all were like cool. I, we uh, clapped to start the episode and i hurt my hand because my hand is literally infected um so that's what sick, that's bro. yeah everyone's just like what i get the fuck did you i get cuts do? there randomly from bowling Ugh, you need a dude, fucking so bacta tank or something <laughs> dude honestly that's like if i could just not work for a week i think we said this before i forget if it was on the show or off mic but like if i could just be like suspended in the corner of the room and just periodically like sprayed with like coconut oil like I'm gonna put just, you one of those like a sensory deprivation tank of yeah like oil. I just need to yeah. not be near anything or anyone any fabrics any fuck like it's just it's so fucking annoying and I don't see a doctor until April because the system is great and perfect and we shouldn't change it anyway sorry. correct that is accurate <laughs> it's all fine everything's fine everything is perfectly fine I'm just over here just dying. <laughs> we're all we're all dying yeah man might as, well, might as well enjoy it on your way we're out. all just yeah. we're all dying from different shit i'll, I'll yeah, probably this... get a man thing movie before i die and it might be good so that's a man cheers. thing movie well wait that's bold there was already a man thing movie uh a swamp thing movie well, you know what I mean. sort of <laughs> <laughs> all right we should just pivot off of this well, speaking of yeah, instant books. medical care that's your good <laughs> yeah i got it yeah i nailed it <laughs> Got in one. You need uh, actual magic. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. Mm. Um, my book this week is Scarlet Witch number two by Steve Orlando, Sarah Pacelli, and Matthew Wilson. We just talked about issue one because it came out like two weeks ago. Um, really? This book is so fucking pretty. God damn it! Issue one came out two weeks ago. I'm pretty sure, right? My brain, if, that, than that. if that's true, my brain is officially broken. <laughs> Time doesn't matter. Is it? Is it two weeks? Wasn't it like really? Quick? I don't know. Okay, yeah. I'm sure it might be. Honestly, came out somewhat recently. Fair um, enough. 
Hit us in the Discord. So, uh, <laughs> Wanda has a a cult shop with a door that people find their way in if they really need help. And at the end of issue one, her quote daughter quote uh, that is um, person she has a strange connection to. Viv uh, showed up. Um, yeah, it's it's visions. Um, android daughter who was like he tried to create a like leave it to beaver style nuclear family and used Wanda's personality for his wife and then had two kids so Viv yeah. is like sort of Wanda's daughter it, like but like a robot version sort of niece kind yeah. of yeah like niece and daughter yeah it's weird yeah it's kind of like Jean and Maddie and Cable <laughs> So, yeah. By the yeah, way, I still haven't found that door yet. Still looking for it. Still, Man, still I've been going opening. through every door, just hoping at least the Scarlet Witch. Doors. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Viv. Uh, well, spoilers for the Vision series, but um, Vision's wife and son get murdered. Um. Mm-hmm. Ouch. And so Viv, who she's been a, like, cause. The Vision series came out in like 2016, 2017. Might even be earlier than that. I feel like it was before I was working at the shop full time. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a, been a minute. It's got, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, it's the so thing that made Tom King famous. So it's been however that long. That's been yeah. Uh, so she's been a character for for a little bit now, and she got um kind of put on the champions as uh, champions was kind of rebranded as like the young avengers or you know like whatever the the current teen team is that they want to try to uh do um and uh so viv was on that for a while and she was talking and like they uh her and wanda are talking about how you know she was kind of grappling with her trauma and then um the champions were helping and stuff and uh she was getting better but then she started getting attacked by like vicious nightmares of her family and um wanda is immediately like you know willing to help uh because viv is family despite viv not really like is like kind of family but that doesn't really make logical sense um she's also kind of not alive which is like the whole crux of the vision series is just like do i have a soul do my yeah. family that i made have a soul like it's, it's, also, it's blade runner meets leave it to beaver and it's fucking incredible but also wanda <laughs> was married to vision for a long time so if anyone's gonna mm-hmm. be sympathetic to androids it's gonna be her um, yeah absolutely and uh so she's immediately willing to help and they kind of they end up falling asleep and going to viv's dreams where they meet um they find out, uh, Wanda finds out that, like, they're, it's not just Viv failing to grapple with um, the trauma. It is literally she's being um, possessed by a, a malevolent spirit that is giving her nightmares. And it's the, the dream queen, the daughter of Nightmare, um, and is feeding on her, her uh, trauma and grief. Um, also, my God, Sarah Pacelli did not have to flex on us with this character reveal. My God, what a, what an angle! It's too. so great. What it an look, angle! Love it. She looks love like uh, Satania or um, uh, Dark Child, the the weird demon version of magic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, but no, you her- have to go this hard, but she did. Her character design uh, is great. Thank God. <laughs> thank God she did go this hard. Woo. Um, yeah. So and then, pages, man. so then that leads to a very awesome uh, magic fisticuffs between Wanda and Dream Queen, and it rules. It is such a great fight scene. Yeah, this fucking lion thing is fucking dope. And um, so Dream Queen. I love a good wizard fight. Dream Queen yeah. is like, uh, kind of, uh, you know, Wanda's super powerful, but Dream Queen is like your power is this is my domain so it's less powerful here and she keeps kind of like uh playing like uh mentioning Wanda's trauma and like uh using her past as some way to like catch her off guard and Wanda just goes forget my past my present will make you humble which is like the best witch yeah. smackdown line that I've ever heard <laughs> sit um, down bitch <laughs> and so she just uh like takes uh, Dream Queen's like bullwhip and just smashes all her like the the astral projections of her power, and it is awesome. Um, and then gives her a uh, a uh, a little dream burrito that is all of <laughs> Wanda's trauma to like. It's like here, don't bother Viv. Just here's my trauma, and it um it changes Dream Queen to where. Uh, everything that she tastes, it's just she um, needs joy in order to survive and not uh, grief. Um, but she still craves grief. So she's never like, it's like she's allergic to the only food that she is, that she needs for sustenance, which is. Whoa. Yeah. She, she like brutal. Batman Tower of Babbled her ass. Like when, <laughs> when, when he made Aquaman allergic to water. Like, <laughs> Ooh, that's yes, fucked up. yeah, that's fucking crazy. So, yeah, uh, that was great. Um, I'm really enjoying the, the story. Uh, just seeing Wanda kind of do Monster of the Week. Um, whoever walks into her, uh, her cult shop. Um, love it. And then there's, there's Darcy that we talked about from the, uh, the movies who, is in the book and she has the like she showed up through the door and we don't know why and Wanda keeps like every issue so far is like keep keeps like asking like, her and Hey she, girl, are you she, good? And she's like, yeah. Nah, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. Don't even don't look at me. <laughs> and then there's a, a backup story. Um that's... I, I like I like how Darcy asked, how did you debug your ex's daughter? <laughs> it's like I just commented out some trauma and you know. Yeah, it was fine. There's a missing <laughs> curly brace. It's fine. Then, uh, but this issue has a backup that's written by Stephanie Williams and the art is by Chris Allen, and it is Wanda and Storm teaming up to like go um, get leaves for or uh, like a flower for tea, and Storm. It's Love like it. Storm finally. Uh, Storm actually comes from a family of, of sorceresses, and like this is the first time Storm has ever cast a spell, but they like combine their magic together, and it is awesome. It is so cool. That fucking um, rules. Love and Storm's character design in this. Oh, it's great, yeah. Just just She's a bunch just like a couple that. of queens slaying. Just and <laughs> this is like I, I could probably count on fingers on one mm. hand how many times 
a storm has been written by a woman, let alone a woman of color. And it's like <laughs> for real. It's also Wanda. Uh, so yeah, right. It was just really refreshing. Um, and it's a great fun backup story. Uh, I hope that kind of leads to more, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll see. <laughs> yeah, fucking fucking awesome book. And yeah, I can't say enough about Sarah Pacelli. I'm so glad she's doing interiors oh. on a book. It's fucking unbelievable. Uh, Every time she pops up, her is just so just good. Stupid. Good. Um. All right. So I've got something completely different. Um. I've got Where Monsters Lie, number one, by Kyle Starks, Peter Kowalski, and Vladimir Popov. Um, we've talked about Kyle Love Starks a couple. Kyle t- Starks, man. Oh man, yeah, we talked about him a couple times. He did <laughs> his book six- is wild. Yeah, he did six side- sidekicks of Trigger Keaton. He did um is still doing um I hate this place slash fuck this place. Um, in the last one, he's he's really nailed the horror comedy vibe. Um, and mm. and this is another one where he does that. And essentially, the premise of this book is <laughs> it's Cabin in the Woods meets Nailbiter. Um, Kevin Woods, the movie for, meets Nailbiter, the comic. Um, essentially, they gather some some entity, uh, which I'm assuming they they briefly mention Satan. So I don't know if it's literally Satan or if it's some kind of like government organization. But there is an organized effort to house slasher villains when they're not on their spree, and they keep them all in the same little neighborhood, cordoned yep. off from the rest of the world. Um, so the book starts out with, like, uh, four boys escaping the Puzzle Man's house, and they run over Puzzleman. to- Puzzleman. Puzzleman. Yeah, no, he kept, he kept saying Puzzleman. It's not Puzzle Man, <laughs> it's Puzzle Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they run over to this old lady's house, and she's like, oh, where, where did you boys come from? Like, right over there, he, he barely escaped, He's, he killed our friends, go call help. And she just takes her knitting needle and just fucking gouges out one of their eyes from, like, underneath the yeah. chin. At and this then, moment, like, I was like, oh, yeah. I did not know what this book was about. Okay. I, I, have, I have a problem with knitting needles as a weapon. Do you? Well, knitting needles aren't blunt? sharp. Um... Uh, yeah, Some well, of them are. I think also, anything needle. Not that sharp. I think anything vaguely needle-like going into an eye gonna do some damage. Yeah, no, also, but she yeah, sticks she, it under his chin and it comes which up is, out his eye. You can't do that with. She's her also a serial killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, do you think she would use regular knitting needles or do you think she would use violent? She sociopath? uses needle knitting needles. Guys. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Extra sharp, Adam. Yeah, extra sharp. Um, Since it's Kyle Stark, I'll give him a pass. <laughs> I mean, the big, the the best part is just the reveal that the old lady is the one in charge of the whole neighborhood, uh, which is great. Um, so yeah, her yeah, name is Zell, and she's kind I of like monster who just looks like the guitarist from Slipknot. Picks someone up and just squeezes his. Face oh, he's he's the bleeding. the shape of the neighborhood. He is the Michael Myers slash Jason. I love it of the neighborhood. They even call him the shape, which I love. Yeah, um, yeah. So but there's these archetypes. Is, shape is a category in this, which is great. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he looks but yeah, like there's me different... when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you also wear a skull mask? No, I thought we meant. I thought you meant this dude with the hair. Yeah, he had, he's also wearing a skull mask underneath. Oh, he's wearing a skull mask under all of that. Yeah, in the jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. I also love love the clown. Yeah. Oh uh, man, it, it, it's Captain Spaulding. It's no. it's just eat. Oh, Captain Spaulding. Yeah, it's one hundred percent Captain Spaulding. Richard. They're they're like they're having a they're having a meeting. And he's like, an HOA meeting. Yeah, and they're like, 
do uh, the clown guy is like, do I have to sit next to the fuck master? He's like, no, I, I like told you, master. there is no assigned seating. I, yeah, I've, yeah, I've explained this wants, to you. It's literally Talk just like this. This old woman babysitting a bunch of like psychopaths, and they're all like acting like kindergartners, and it's they're hilarious. All, they're all children. It's fucking funny. It's yeah, like, and like there's I, the one guy. There's the like fuck the one master. Guy. What were you say? There's the one guy that helps like run it with her. That's like kind of helping him keep everything together. But everyone else, like you said, they're just. Children. Yeah, and he he mentions that he comes from a family of this shit too. So like mm-hmm. everyone's kind of yeah. connected to something some way. Um, but it yeah, the puzzle like man, Landon. <laughs> the puzzle man is clearly the guy from Saw. Um, there's mm. a clearly like a Hannibal Lecter type one. There's a um Scarface from Batman. Like it's like this lady with a ventriloquist dummy. Uh, the, mm. the look, uh, yeah. And then Buckmaster is just a creep with a teddy bear on his head with a bunch you of. You get the classic uh, hillbilly cannibals as well. Yeah, yeah. The well, Texas they, yeah, so they're, all they're, they're all so there. The, so the chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw family moves in, and she's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. "What the fuck are you doing here?" And he's like, "Well, the house that I was in in my neighborhood is infested with fleas, so I have to stay here." while the fleas get taken care of. And she's like, look, we already have one shape. Your son, your fucking inbred son, You're, which is clearly yeah, just fu- Bubba yeah. from fucking Texas. I love Jesus. how he just has a paper bag over his yeah. head. Yeah. But she's like, the two ch- shapes are going to fucking tear each other apart. You know how this works. Like, there's clearly structures yeah. that they have to rules. abide. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love oh God, She's like, I hate hillbilly cannibals so much. <laughs> um, and like, they also, she's like assigning sprees. So she's like, okay, so I know you're all going to be pissed, but we're going with Daniel Dawson again. And everyone's like, oh my God. And Daniel Dawson is clearly the Michael Myers, Jason character, Jason Voorhees character. And they're like, I know, I know, but he's the devil's favorite son. And it's the 20th anniversary of the Spirit County Fair. And if you can believe it, they're running it again. Every time they do it, he kills 50 people, but they just keep fucking doing it. So we're doing Daniel (laughs) Dawson. It's just so good. And. And yeah, and then like the Captain Spaulding is like, hey, I was actually thinking, could I get like a like a flamethrower? And she's like, that's not really clown vibes. And he's like, yeah, but like, I don't want to do clown shit all the time. She's that's like, you're scary. a fucking clown. He's like, you dress like a clown? You gotta like, like, you're the one who do- yeah. I like, anything like, is clown shit if you're doing it dressed like a clown. I just like that's he's fair. like, you're the one who chose to be a clown. He's like, no one chooses to be a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Made me feel bad for him. Yeah, it's- I know. It's yeah, the 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 uh, horror comedy, like writing that line, it's, is it's just really. I, good, I yeah. expected it to be funny because it's Starks, but man, it is is definitely yeah. hilarious. It's Starks, Starks and, is his comedy writing is just fucking excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and the fuck master is uh is not doesn't have oh. like they they doesn't have the will to murder anymore. They think fuck he, he's lost the bloodlust. Yeah. He's lost the, the bloodlust yeah. and he's taken up gardening, which the, honestly relatable. Which is hilarious because <laughs> yeah. the guy is like, yeah, I was like looking at his invoices and he like requested a, like chainsaws and a bunch of stuff and I thought he was like you know, lawnmowers back, and shit. I thought he was getting back into the spirit of it, but no, he just got into the gardening. It was <laughs> <laughs> and and the fuckmaster doesn't speak the whole issue and just. <laughs> He's got like all these tattoos, and it's he's just, just a fucking weird dude. Uh, just loving his it garden, so though it's great. Yeah. Um. And it. essentially, the issue wraps up with um. We find out that Puzzle Man let one of the four kids escape. Like they, they like because they're like, how many kids were there? He's like, I don't know, like three or four. And they're like, how many? And he's like, three. We got them all. And he was yeah because he fucked up he because he, he, he fucked up by bringing them back to the house. Yeah, you're so not supposed to shit does, where you eat. You can't you can't yeah, kill yeah. in the place, but they're. Serial killers and yeah, the stupid. Housing, 
housing so. development is for like like a safe like a safe house like when yeah it's when they're like not on their spree yeah it's literally so an hoa good. for serial killers um yeah. i love it so much yeah it's it's really fucking good i liked it a lot and it, i think it's like really short like i think it's only gonna be like four issues or something but it, nah. there's i feel like there's potential for this it kind of reminded me a, I, I was gonna say turn it into like a something's killing the children like expanded universe where we see all the other neighborhoods <laughs> like yeah. just fucking go yeah go they also all referenced out. a character called Baphomet, and i'm very excited to see that reveal yeah, yeah. i want to see that I, good boy i believe that's where they feed all the dead bodies to cool Type. So that's going to be hilarious. Which also very feels beginning. very cabin in the woods that there's like a structure. Yeah. There's some kind of like elder gods that they need I'm to. I'm in the beginning with all the dead kids. They're like, "Do you think Baphomet can eat all this meat?" And they're like, "Yeah, no problem." I wonder if there's like a murder <laughs> quota. Yeah, oh, well, they, yeah, they have like assigned like... jobs, and there's like, yeah, I think so. They like definitely work for some kind of weird spirit or mm. organization or something. Yeah, there's. I'm I'm curious to see where that goes, but just in the meantime, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty good. This was the best indie I read this week. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, not indie, but also great. <laughs> Moon Knight number twenty. Jed McKay, Alessandro Capuccio, and Rochelle Rosenberg. So we got a new arc here on the Moon Knights, and uh, we got <laughs> some. T- we got two fucking dickholes just running around killing everyone that used to work for Moon Knight. <laughs> Damn. R.I.P. It's like this, this like, uh, team that Moon Knight had in the like the Chuck Dixon, Mark Spector stuff in the oh, like nineties, I think. I, I yeah, think that's so they, where the team is from. It references uh, Moon Knight, Mark Spector. So I assume yeah, they that's show weird. all these different people, and they're showing all them kind of getting hit and taken out, and they're kind of all scrambling to figure out like who's next, how they can. Oh yeah, Mark Spector, Moon Knight number sixty. Look at that. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, basically, this also yeah, reminds all... me of that um, that Batman, what Cult. was it? Uh, like where Batman was in London and like they were killing anyone who'd ever been saved by Batman. What the fuck was that like, called? I the remember Mayor that. Or something like that. It was the detective. Yeah. The detective, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I... So yeah, it's like his shadow cabinet, he calls it. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. It's That's pretty a cool very name. good name. I love <laughs> a very this, good name. Uh, I love that like uh, he's trying to anticipate and think ahead and save some people and he's mm-hmm. like trying to think of like where to go and um his vampire assistant is like let me talk to Jake uh because yeah. Jake is the personality that is a cabbie so she they use the fact that Jake is a cabbie to map New York in his head and figure oh, out smart. where the the attackers are going and like mm-hmm. where they're going to go and that is like such a great use of the the Identity that is a cabbie. Like <laughs> I love Jake, but like that he's he puts on a fake yeah, mustache he does, and he's a cabbie. It's, like, so, it's so good. But it doesn't the, always come in very handy, but when it does, very handy. Well, in McKay's run, Jake has kind of taken the form of like he's the social, like he's the social, like down to earth mm-hmm. aspect of him. He's the one that can go into a diner and like just chat someone up and like so it's so clever. I really love that aspect. I mean, of that's it. kind of that's the in um I forget it was the it was the David Finch run. I forget who wrote it that that I read in the early two thousands. And the the Jake Lockie version was used to like get information from people. Like he yeah. would purposely be a taxi. Like he would like wait outside for like a mob boss or something. Like it was that like noir 
like he was using it to like chat people up in the taxi. So mm. it's it's cool to like spin it that way and like expand that further, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they end up grabbing these dudes, he ends up catching them and they talk about they've kind of been brainwashed and the they're they're all they just keep referencing that they've been um when the ghost calls were just weapons. So these are that's what they say when they Ah, uh, they're in a cult. That sounds like cult shit to me. Well, they've been brainwashed for sure. We know that. Cult. Got it. But like that whoever's been sending them, that's like all they know. So we don't really know who's who's behind all this shit yet. <clears throat> and then there's also stuff with uh, Zodiac. Or he's he's still in prison. Yeah. I love this great bit with uh eight ball. Dude, eight ball <laughs> is a whole vibe. I love <laughs> Just go for eight ball. He just reminds me of Kite Man. I just like that he's in the Kite Man vibe. Yeah, with the fucking eight ball helmet on. Yeah. Oh yeah, very very Kite Man energy. <clears throat> just go for eight ball. Yeah. He drops his phone in the tub. He's like, "Are oh, you gonna make me ruin a fucking Saturday night?" <laughs> it just as much as I love eight ball, he just reminds me of the the Venture Brothers villain that is also eight ball, but it's an actual working eight ball, and he only speaks <laughs> in the passages of the eight balls. <laughs> This is my kind of Saturday night, though, man. A nice bubble bath, some candles, yeah, some tunes. Yeah, fucking eight ball, was, eight ball was treating himself. He was fucking, that's some self-care right there. He's he living his up. life, man. Yeah, man. Shit, I might do that when we're done here. He's had a there rough go. go in this run. I think he's just like, whatever, just don't come over and ruin a perfectly good Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> He's just trying to get info from him because he's obviously trying to track down and help out because he's kind of in the same world as these killers, so he uses that to kind of track him down. But he's like that. Moon Knight um, is on the warpath once again. Apol is like that that guy that Daredevil has that he just keeps beating. Yeah, up. Turk. Yep. Yeah, Turk. Oh yep. yeah, totally. Apol like feels yeah for sure. <laughs> That's great. Um, as always, this book somehow, like, I don't understand how this book is able to, like, shine. I don't understand it. It's so fucking pretty. Yeah, the lighting yeah, in Ra- this book. Ra- it, Rochelle it's... Rosenberg, it's just absurd. I don't, I don't. It's wild, man. It. It's so good. Yeah, this book has a light source. And they've let McKay do his thing for 20 issues now. Yeah. It's so exciting yeah, to man. see. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's so rare nowadays to get a run this long. And yeah, just the, the way he's been pacing the story, it's so good. And he's still reaching deep into the bag of tricks that is, you know, all these characters from Night Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including all of Jed the McKay personalities. Yeah. <laughs> Including the personalities and the slew of people in the shadow cabinet that are to be murdered, unfortunately. <laughs> they lost like six of them in this first issue, so yep. that's not Damn. great. Not, that's not, not a, a great good... start. Statistically, we're not doing great. <laughs> not doing too good, no. The Moon Knight is pissed. Um, okay, guys. So <laughs> put on your fucking ready? magic hats, bitches. You heard All me. Alright, so uh this book. I'm just talking is... about our favorite Wildcats author, Alan Moore. Yeah, number one Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, I'm author. still laughing about that. Like I thought you were kidding for way too long in that conversation. I know. <laughs> what made the joke like, there's even no way better. That's real. Uh, Favorite Spawn so... author, Alan Moore. <laughs> <laughs> so Promethea. Um hmm, where do I start? Okay. We'll start present day Promethea. So basically the story is essentially it's 
we get a little bit uh, two sides of this story in the first issue. So it really starts off with this one character called Sophie Bangs, who is doing a term paper about the this mythical person named Promethea, who keeps popping up throughout history in various forms through like stories from wartime, like like a wartime angel, through pulp magazines, comic books, whole bunch and like poems and stuff throughout the years. So she just wants to. So she's doing a paper on it, and there's a woman uh, in New York. Uh, this is New York in 1999, which I think is hilarious. I with love the floating this, cars with and, floating yeah. cars and shit. It's wild. God damn it! It's what definitely year did a more. Write this. I feel like it was like early 90s. Like it wasn't that much soon before 90. It wasn't. It no, wasn't. I think it's 99 because the copyright is. Uh, I was just trying to figure that out myself. The copyright on this is 99, 2000, 2001, and 2009 hilarious so yeah he just lives in in a different reality than we do that's fine well yeah, that, cause, is cause that, accurate, that is accurate i thought this was like a, a a future 1999 that never happened and it was kind of funny that there's flying cars but then at it's one point he, they mentioned ally mcbeal and i'm like wait a yes minute. yeah this yeah. wouldn't be too far away from 1999 yeah yeah i feel like this is how alan moore sees the world or that he wishes the world would be. He's literally manifesting it. Well, I meant like the, the New York is what he sees and what Promethea does, I think, is what he wants to be. Yeah, that's <laughs> That's how I think this book is. So she meets up with this woman named um, Barbara Shelley, who was um, kind of the... She was she, the wife was of one of She was married to, yeah, one of the writers. Yeah, she was married to one of the main writers, the, the most prolific writer of the Prometheus stories. And I love in these first two issues, it's just Sophie word vomiting to this woman to like convince her to interview her for her paper. And we get the entire history <laughs> of all of these characters. It's great. Yeah. So you get caught up really fast. This fake history of this character. Yeah. Um, and it's basically it's, a roadmap for where it's gonna go character-wise. It tells you a lot. And, all of those iterations of Promethea. Yeah, because in between these, we see the we see the original girl Promethea who lived in um, Egypt in late uh, 400 AD. Um, Specifically, Alexandria, which I find interesting. Alexandria, yes. And her dad was Kate was basically magic and was killed by christians, christians. yep persecuted by of course, christians of course, of course he was Classic. and she sends him off into the desert and she actually gets rescued by um the gods and is brought in and elevated rescued by hermes and i believe osiris yeah and elevated to ototh and hermes sorry yeah and elevated to kind of this brought taught and learns all of brought the, basically the brought immateria. into godhood yeah. In the immateria, yeah. And she effectively becomes in the immateria. Oh god, here we go. If, if you need uh, and the immateria is where all of our stories come from. If you want to it's basically it's, it's, the collective imagination of the world. Promethea is Sandman and Wonder Woman smash into a blender. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah. but also yeah. more so focusing on the process of storytelling and how that is more and how real it connects than real. People. It's kind of the you know same thing as, uh, like, huh? I was just going to say, this book kind of reminded me of um, Sam Keith's The Max. I've never read The Max. I, I don't yeah, think but... I've read that one. Yeah, yeah, it's like the main character kind of lives in between two worlds. 
and he's like um the manifestation of this girl's like hero character in her dreams it's it's kind of it's got a similar vibe plus the art is and panel placement kind of reminds me of yeah we could talk we'll We'll get to to the art for sure Um, i'm just trying to lay the groundwork here just just the concept (laughs) of the materia as a a place that exists that is that has its own reality that is shaped by storytellers so people the more in touch with your imagination you are the more you can explore the immateria and Mm -hmm. like and and promethea became like the living embodiment of that realm and of story and was able to basically as she wandered tapped into these people throughout history and became uses different manifestations and manifested in these people and became uses throughout history for all of these different people that wrote and, about and her. in different ways, like in like, different ways. Yeah. When, who, whoever manifests Promethea, if it's either the muse of the person that's writing it or the person writing it themselves, they retain their personality and kind of like they merge with Promethea. Yes. And the I really love that each iteration of Promethea is is still authentically her and also authentically the the human the person that, inside yes. and tends to mm-hmm. lean one way or another towards different elements of the of the human spirit. So like Correct. we go we'll we'll get into it, but like all the the four <laughs> the four elements of the human spirit being like the sword of reason, the cup of compassion, the pentacle of material, and the, and the wand. wand of will. Um, so it's like all the mm-hmm. different elements of the tarot that become. I, I. It's so yes. nice that you guys just let me talk because I feel like I th- at this point in having any conversation with anyone who's normal, um, they just th- <laughs> their their eyes roll back. Um, so <laughs> that's no, thank that's, you for I've being read, a like, friend. I've read a lot of this book and I've read a lot of books about the stuff in this book. Having some uh, prerequisite knowledge about what Alan Moore is trying to say in this book is super helpful. Yeah, I had never read it, um, partially for that reason, because I knew that it was a lot and I didn't know what that actually meant. I just knew it was like, like really deeply magical. And now that I've dived into like specifically learning more about like chaos magic and more the like Morrison angle of like how they view chaos magic, which is very similar, less Kabbalistic, but more like personal journey. And this is the Kabbalistic version of that, this of that same concept the of journey like, towards enlightenment and being part of the Godhead once more. And, yes. and, and the concept that fiction is more real than reality that it's, like it's as real yeah. it's just as real but but the, the fact immateria that, like, is just as real as the real world the, but the also, place where our stories live is just as important and just as real as where we are but like the big archetype myths live on longer than humans so they are more prolific like you know <laughs> here's a thought experiment um that's, i think that's well to me i think the whole we're just going to dive right into this. To yeah, me, a lot of it. this book is talking about it's not more important. And I think that's the trap that falls, the people in the real world fall into that this world is more important than the imaginary, but that they are equally and they are equivalent in each other. Yes, and, things yeah. will live on and they will manifest, but 
they are just as important uh, as what we see think, outside our window. I think regardless of the knowledge that you shit. have about the things, depending on your relationship with art, this really sure. strikes a chord because yeah, if, if it's you're... it's really once like Morrison starts to like really go, or not, I'm sorry, when more really more. starts to like dive into like really lecturing you about the tenets of different <laughs> types of things like there's a sex scene where they explain the symbolism of striptease and the symbolism of the the genitals and the symbolism of like and it's like and the wand and the cup and everything the wand of the means. cup and the yeah and yeah. like mm-hmm. the breastplate being the thing that covers the soul mm-hmm. and like you know there's like all these different things that it dives so much deeper than just the symbolism it's explaining to you the like the the uh, hermetic principles behind the symbolism. Um, I had a lot but, of fun recognizing all the goetic demons myself. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, well that yeah, was that's fun. The, yeah, because that's the other half of this. So right, so we can the most of this first. So she manifests as as we go through this first issue. She kind of learns and she's able to finally manifest herself as Promethea. Well, she has to because she's immediately being attacked already because like. People predict someone sent a bunch of demons after her. Yeah. Yeah. And her friend got hurt. So, and then each of them have a different way to manifest it. She writes, uh, Sophie, she's a writer. So that's how she, she basically writes a poem or like a story that how she's like, I am Promethea. And that's how she transforms. Um, but at the same time, um, someone's literally sending all of the going demons to fucking kill her Mm -hmm. from the lesser, um, Lesser key the lesser Solomon. book of the lesser key of Solomon. They literally has it and opens it up and just starts dialing a demon. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> and it was really funny because I had literally there was a book last week called Damn Them All, which we've talked about on the show and it's great and it's basically like non continuity Constantine. Um, but in that book, it's people like being able to summon demons really easily when it's not actually the case. And there's a like yeah. the Andros is like this like fucked up like in the book they're like one goddamn scary motherfucker it's like how it's described and it's like a dude that like it's a it's like a like a jacked owl like where owl like a person body with an owl head riding a war 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 wolf that like kills anyone that summons it like it's this like untamable beast or whatever and so i just read damn them all and then i'm like oh i guess sir promethea what this is the same fucking demon this is the exact same. Oh, and then I, I texted the group chat that, and Adam's like, they're pulling from, or uh, Sean's like, they're pulling from the same uh, textbook. I'm like, yeah, literally the Lesser Key of Solomon. Like, literally yeah. the, I, I actually, the one. I actually have a tarot deck that is all of the Goetic demons as tarot suits. Hmm. That's fun. Yeah. So, like, I was like, oh, wow, this kind of hits the nail on the head. Like, God, yeah. Yeah, they don't, they don't shy away from it. It's like, oh, there's Buer. He's weird. He's fucking weird looking. My man. <laughs> And my boy Stalas is there. Love Stalas. <laughs> Everyone's got a favorite. Yeah, and, they, and they both get their fucking asses handed to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In yeah. S- just spectacular, gorgeous fashion in this book. There's also, like, specifically, there's that element of, like, there's people, there's this, the, this group called the Temple that uh, have a vested interest in keeping the world as it is because they are yes. in power. And if people are able to explore the imagination, it would destroy the order of society. Like, it would basically be the apocalypse. And, like, the other Prometheus are telling Sophie, like, yeah, no, it is the apocalypse. And that's a good thing. We need to break this all down, which I'm like, preach, girl. Um, uh, but 
Well, they <laughs> she's the bringer of it. The other ones yeah. are like they're not sure, but yeah, hold on, we can. Yeah, do but it. like while this is thing. all happening and like the temple is sending demons after her, there we're still in New York City, and this New York City has its own superheroes like there's like the the five swell guys which is like clearly a like fantastic four amalgamation yeah. of like like, like superheroes they specifically talk about calling them science heroes yeah they're it's, science yeah they're like, all they're, science yeah. guys that like use they're not science magic to give themselves, heroes yeah they give themselves powers using science but like well they're fighting is, um, oops sorry no what are you gonna say because this takes place in the in um alan moore's superhero universe where science men are just the superheroes. So this is like Tom like, Strong. Like Tom Strong exists yeah. in this, and like yeah, he shows up all, later. Yeah, he does. Him and his gorilla buddy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like during this period, Alan Moore was writing like a bunch of stuff. I don't know if Top Ten yeah. is part of this universe or yeah, whatever. It but yeah, it's all America's best comics. That was his like little yeah. side thing. Um. But yeah, like so it's there's like science heroes that are clearly like a Fantastic Four style science heroes and they're fighting their like psychotropic the, villain, the painted doll, the painted which is doll. clearly the Joker. And oh, so much better than it's oh, Yeah. But like the Joker mm. is like like attacking the hospital where Sophie is also being attacked by demons and it's all coming to a head all at once. So on top of being this like this journey through the concept of reality. It's also like There's yeah, the hospital's just being book. sieged by yeah. yeah superhero shit. Like it's it it balances that very well. It's really fun. Yeah, they they do a good job of balancing you between this um this basically this superhero book because that's effectively what Promethea is and becomes to the world and and this journey through the conceptual um like her friend Stasia gets sucked into the immateria and she has to go rescue her. So we meet the manifestations of the big bad wolf and all that stuff. We meet the <laughs> weeping gorilla. gorilla. Oh, oh yeah, love the weeping guy. So yeah, in the background of of all of the New York scenes, so there's just this good. comic book character called the Weeping Gorilla, and Stacia is like TV, obsessed. I think it's a TV show. Well, she also it's also a comic book because Stacia's like it's like everything, comic. right? Oh, yeah, that's and, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and and Sophie's like, "Why do you read that dumb shit? It's it's pointless. It doesn't mean anything." And Stacey's like, "Yeah, that's why it's great. It's like ironic, sad gorilla like comedy comics." And like, Weeping Gorilla and would they, fit in so well with current day internet culture. Oh my dude, I, I would love Weeping Gorilla. So bad, dude. The stuff it's 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 saying, but it's like saying in the Garfield sense, like it has thought bubbles. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. even in this first scene, like, I guess people change. Everyone said I should get Windows 95. <laughs> I hate my body. Some days are better than others. Yeah. yeah and it, later and on, just he, like, like I love specifically mentions, billboards. like, we, we, we expect too much from George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Throughout the entire series, it's in the background prominently, like, with different catchphrases and shit. Yeah, it's like a uh, where's It's Waldo fucking great. And always yeah. crying. Um, but yeah, they meet the weeping gorilla in the immateria and like they both are just like, it's just so sad because it's well, like it breaks the her dis- friend. She finally gets it and is like, oh, my God, we're all the weeping gorilla. And but he it's is also us. it's like the, the all the all the archetypes in the immateria are the unironic, unfettered, unfiltered version full, of that full, archetype. Full emotional strength. Yeah. yeah. So when you they don't meet have the, any when of they, your your filters to see them through. 
Yeah, so when you meet the big bad wolf, it is legitimately the scariest thing you've ever experienced because that's Mm -hmm. what it represented in folklore. So when they meet the weeping gorilla, they're just like, I just want to die. The big bad wolf also has so much power because it's a legend that's been around for so long. Yeah. But then Red Riding Hood puts out a newsie. So yeah, it's so fucking good, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then like yeah, Sophie's Red like, Hood's "Oh, you're just as yeah," and Sophie's <laughs> like, "You're just as badass as I imagined you to be." And she's like smoking a cigarette. And she's like, "Yeah, that's because you imagined me to be that way, dumbass." And then just like, and then, yeah. like Reservoir she's, Dogs she's the just embodiment of yeah, dude. Fucking um, Red Riding Hood's the embodiment of first day, mm-hmm. yeah, first, her, time? Yes. first time, first time. <laughs> you're I, I new like here. When she finally Sorry. punches yeah. out Weeping Gorilla. He's saying, "Can we hear that Radiohead track just once more?" <laughs> dude, so if only I understood what women want, dude. It's so. It's just all of that shit. It's like sitcomy trope lines. It's so fucking good. I feel yeah, like Weeping we should, Gorilla we needs weeping a Twitter gorilla, account. A meme. Um, also, it's impossible to not also consider him Harambe because that was one of the first memes. Oh um, my god, it's so funny! He is, <laughs> is, is Harambe. But also, like Harambe created meme culture as we know it. So, like, no, I, I mean, think Alan Moore predicted Harambe culture been around after. for a while. No, no, no. What but I'm like, hearing, what I what I see is Alan Moore created meme culture with Weeping Gorilla. Uh, and that would actually horrify him. Technically, yeah, I know. Technically, uh, Grant Morrison created meme culture with the Scissorman in 1991 in Doom Patrol. So well, I thought it was yeah. uh, Dawkins. Um, Richard Dawkins? Richard, uh, wasn't it that guy? Who, it, the guy the atheist? Brian Dawkins. Brian yeah, Dawkins. he coined the term <laughs> meme and memetic and all that. <laughs> well, memetic is a whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's a like whole a, thing. I'm just, memory. That's we're definitely getting thing. into... That's where it came from, but that's not like like we're memes. I'm, I'm falling down. From. I'm falling down a rabbit hole. Getting into the meme anyway, weeds. Get me out of the. <laughs> I like we we meet all of our Prometheus at some point too. Um, I can't remember all their names, but I just remember. Uh, oh no, um, Grace, Margaret, Anna, Margie, and Bill. Oh, uh, Bill! I love oh, Bill. Bill. I love Bill giant, so much. Uh, giant. Prometheus I don't remember how travels. I don't remember <laughs> where how far we get. Um, you guys, most of you guys read book one. Do you get Bill's story in book one? Yes. That's the yes. last thing. Yeah. Well, it's so sad. It's it's one of the last so things. So sad. It's okay. so so each of the each of the Prometheus represented by a real person when like that was like connected to a real person represent like like I mentioned earlier the four tenants. So the first one, um, I don't remember which one's which. I think it was Grace was the one that was the battlefield angel that was like saving men in the trenches in World War One. So she represents the cup. So she represents compassion. So she teach she takes Sophie on a journey through the immateria to teach her about compassion. Um, the next one is the one who represents the sword of reason. Um, and it's like way more like directly pulpy. Like they're going through the world that was created for yeah. Promethea. Like basically like the Conan the Barbarian style, like like um Sumeria. Like well, that's like when high she started- Brazil. To become that's when she started to become pulp comics like the yeah exactly and like, as a pulp comic character and the the villain is like the pen name used by all the people that wrote um uh Promethea mm-hmm. so, so it's like this this giant wizard <sighs> that clearly looks so like good. Alan Moore yeah. um like lording over this this whole so so they have to use reason to defeat him I like um, how she breaks him, him down into his parts like she starts talking Correct. about each of the authors that make up the amalgamation and he starts to just kind of fall apart 
and turn and into it, these little each, baby like, heads. Each like. limb has like a different <laughs> yeah. head and it's really creepy, yeah. but it's effective. Yeah. It works. Um, and then Bill is the one that represents the materia um, because like it, it's the pentacle. It's it's the having the most like fun and pleasure in life as you can. And like in like just so that's why they, they like Bill's journey through is a Poor like Bill. amusement park meets casino. Poor Bill. And Bill, Poor Bill was was gay, obviously, and that's why he became as Promethea gay as because a spring land. I love yeah, that line. perfect. Incredible. Um but like his story was really fucked up because he goes through and talks about like he manifested Promethea and then had a relationship with the man. But he manifested him he manifested himself. A lot of these others, these Prometheas are like the muses of other writers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, what he was the artist, much like Sophie, he she, like manifested uh, himself it, into, into himself it. the first yeah. time. Obviously, going forward, they're able to manifest it again when they want to. But the first time was typically from other people, and he, I think he was one of the first or, that we meet that did it himself and wanted to be Promethea. Yeah, yeah, and and because he was the artist, he would he was because like, he was the artist of the comic book through yeah. her, and like it's like. Did I want to be a woman? I don't know. Like, this is before, like, trans rights were really, like, talked about. So, like, he was, it, it was almost like a drag persona. Like, he would just, like, fall into her to have this, like, relationship. And he, and I forget the guy's name, like, truly De- loved each other. Uh, depends on which one. You, there's the uh, Dirk Dangerfield or Dennis Drucker, whichever would you prefer. Well, the real guy was his like real a name detective. is Dennis. Yeah, Dennis was the was the real human man that he that yeah. he met, but he created he he put him into the comic too, and they were deeply in love. Mm-hmm. And the second that Dennis found out that Bill was actually Bill, shot him in the back of the and head. Not so. Prometheus. Also, this yeah. whole yeah. backstory yeah. is photorealistic digital art, dude. For the, some yeah. reason, yeah, like so he can fucking flex. Yeah, we go. No, yeah, we get just, a little Alex Ross action in here. So he can fucking flex on all of us. But it looks like real models. Like, like Alex Ross yeah, is dude. realistic, but this is like looks like someone this took is... a camera and slapped it into yeah. the book. Yeah, but it's really. This good. is the only time the book does this. Like, there's tons. There's I know. tons and tons of artists well, is that because, in this. But this is, is that a, because yeah, dude. This story specifically is about the materia. Yeah, I think so. then that and that's why, like, it, like she's like, why do this I feel more real? <laughs> yeah, like I like yeah. she's she's going through it and she's like, what? Why? Why does it? D- did I feel hyper real? And it's like, oh, because we like as we get closer to the material reality, it crystallizes. Dude, just, oh, wait, um, this isn't this, an artist this, switch. No, no this, this is, is still J. H. Williams. Williams. That I, that is fucking crazy. I thought this was just it's an artist crazy, switch. Dude. Like they, no, they he's the out. only artist. I, if you look at the issues, he's the only penciler credited. Holy shit! Um, there is a also, digital artist assistant, but that's it. But so maybe, but also, stuff, but. if y'all want to see J. H. Williams flex, go read Echo Lands, which is his own personal thing that he did really recently. Just, just also, just keep reading this book. It's I mean, yeah, while. keep reading this too. But like, <laughs> but Echo Lands does that thing where every single character is drawn uh, in a different art style. It's yeah. it's basically the premise of like the Immateria, but like, yeah, yeah. all all the archetypes cool are like book. trapped together, and they're like, you know, so there's Little Red Riding Hood and like an android, and they look completely like different art styles. This, and it's this yeah, splash it's page of Promethea or Prometheus on the rock is fucking staggering. It's yeah. so fucking good. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're talking about with like, the snake god that specifically. Uh, go a couple more pages. 
Oh yes, oh, Prometheus, the, not Promethea. Yeah, the, Prometheus. The, yes, the, the male version of the story where yeah, like the the Greek <laughs> god that created mankind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, dude, he gave fire to mankind mm-hmm. against yeah, yeah against uh, Zeus's will and was forever forced to live in that hell where this like, so, yeah. bird pucked out his I, eyes or whatever. So I like other, we're skipping a little bit of the nuance in between because I think there's a lot of really subtle stories told a lot in here too about people and how they live their life and stuff and through this like like her, her, her mother becomes an important throughput through the book mm-hmm. her relationship with her mom uh her best friend uh stacy who just call, calls her a lesbian all the time i love <laughs> their relationship yeah. real strong 1999 vibes of just like yeah, get off of me sure. you fucking homo so it's like whoa yeah. all right <laughs> but then as casey mentioned like a lot of this is all starting to come to head you have like the mayor who um if we haven't mentioned it has 42 different personalities uh-huh um uh, we have the uh her friend barbara who's in the hospital uh the mayor shows up at the hospital she's in the amateria in the hospital and then all of the demons come to attack her and the painted doll come to kill the mayor so she's like (laughs) okay i just met all these cool people uh in the immateria i need some backup and then she writes this story and she transforms her herself stacia her and her mother and the doctor uh, that just happened to be in the room into different four different versions of- and and the doctor into the different versions of Promethea and bring bring one of them down and Barbara was like all right I got one more in me let's fucking do this Barbara's um, one I, of my favorite she's one of the best she's characters. the fucking best yeah she yeah, rules. especially because like so Barbara was the yeah exactly widow. <laughs> she was the widow of of one of the writers so she's just like oh my husband always had all the uh the um imagination Creativity. so she looks more and more like herself instead yeah of she can't imagine because... promethea as much she just it's just her in like gladiatorial like like badass well, woman she talks garb. about it she uh she talked about how she never saw herself like her husband did she never thought she was as beautiful as he did yeah he saw her as this goddess of in Promethean. She never saw it, so she has a harder time like picturing it. But, like, yeah, she's not creative, but it's like it says a lot about that and why he, you know, it's so important and why she wanted to, you know, why they were married. Yeah, and um, that's like it's little subtle things that are thrown into this insane action-packed issue of all four Prometheus show up and start fighting fucking demons. Fighting the entirety of the Goetia. I, I love how, how more describes what the Goetia is. He keeps calling they keep calling it the howling. And yeah, the way he describes cool. it, I imagine the sound of cicadas. Yeah. That like, like yeah, chattering it's like, it's like a thousand. sound. But like cranked up to a hundred. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. and also so so they, they took her on a journey through um describing the the cup the sword and the um and the pentacle but they're like oh shit we didn't get to teach you about will like the wand yeah that's the most important fucking one and she's like i got this and uh she's got that, that in spades though that's like the yeah one thing that's she's, her like, thing so she mm-hmm. she's locked in on her own willpower and the, she's yeah. got the the uh, what's it called the catapus the um the the the, the two snakes wound Tauticus, around the uh right? yeah yeah yeah, I don't. I've only ever read it. I've never you, heard it. You know the symbol looks. Like it's on every hospital, hospital truck. Yeah, a- literally. It's that. It's what at that one point Promethea from. is like carrying her to a hospital, and she's like, "Wait, mm-hmm. you don't know where to go." She's like, "Some symbols never it's go." The away. Hermes so, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, yeah, and you, it represents like knowledge and and will. Yeah. And you meet <sighs> the snakes later on. Ah, oh, yes, we Mac do. And They're great. Matt. 
Mac, Mac and, Mike, and Mike, yeah. I think. I love yeah. that for awesome. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like this is just when J.H. Williams is like, I got you, fam. And just draws some of the most beautiful pages. Like as just these. the gutter area in all of these. That's what's just it's so yeah. it's wild. you could spend an hour really... on each page just looking each at like page... the gutter yeah. space. Each two spa- mm-hmm. two page spread feels like it, it's like set up like a building sometimes. Like you have like mm-hmm. an attic where you have just a complete splash page across the top, and then you have like these two siloed pages of panels. Stories. It's just mm-hmm. like the it's so so creatively laid out, and like it's beautiful. What's amazing is, and there's some there's some script pages at the end of this, uh, at the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. No, my God. Alan Moore's <laughs> scripts are fucking bananas, and it's like it's like mm-hmm. painting these pictures and and and. And laying out these panels when all you have is words, it's like there's an art to that in and of itself. And like, specifically also, Alan Moore's words. Like those yeah. words yeah. are crazy. It's amazing yeah. to me that he left room for word bubbles. This there's so many word bubbles in this book, and there's crazy art. Like he had to Everywhere. he had to make the art accommodate huge amounts of text and the the pictures are crazy the the paintings are like insane it's insane i just i just love the way the story flows on this page because each Mm -hmm. each page is a two two page spread like there isn't anything that's like a normal page they're all all connected spreads and they all have a completely different way of storytelling like there's this one where it looks like a puddle with like drops in it and each of those drops is a circle and each of those circles is a different part of the story it's just dude it gets some of them get fucking crazy. Well, the dude. very last issue is a poster. That's a double-sided poster that you read. Like, what the fuck, man? Well, yeah, it's a double-sided poster that shows with you no, every path through the Kabbalah tree. With no panels. There's no panels. Yeah. It's Wild. yeah, the 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 third deluxe edition comes with an actual poster you can hang up. And then there's <laughs> one cool. issue that's all like it's laid out like stained glass. Like just mm-hmm. it, every single opportunity they they took to like do cool layout on this they they ran and there's it. it's a different styles as they go through different parts of the world and diff- explaining different things as well it's yeah. a masterpiece just in terms of engineering just the the yeah. way that jh williams brain works to make layouts is astronomically different than almost every other comic book artist yeah absolutely and like again, I, we're not even talking. There's so many great th- through plots to kind of like sell people on the story. But really, if you just want to learn about crazy magic shit now and more, but like all of the goetic demons are getting their asses beat, so they all flee into the mayor's body. Yeah. So this mayor who already the has forty personalities now has the entirety of the goetia living inside of him. And then he immediately starts enacting policies like taxing the rich and, abol- and abolishing like states and shit. It's the fucking greatest thing ever, dude. Fucking like, because throughout this book, you get very clear, very much like Swamp Thing. You know very clearly where Alan Moore stands on oh, a lot yeah. of things. Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, a lot of it's through the throughput of like there's like a news broadcast that we get updates throughout. Yeah, and, just, it's, like, and it's literally the Twitter. On of the mayor and shit. It's, it's l- fucking. It's hilarious. literally Twitter. <laughs> it's it's a thing called texture, and it's just a, it's, it's the funniest it's shit. Yeah. Um. But also, it's, yeah, I I, I didn't I didn't know I needed a book where like demons 
create a utopia that I would really like to <laughs> live in. Hilarious. But here we are. Uh, of all the people to fucking do that, it's the entire Goetta. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, yeah, and really it's talking about... So we get the real flex issue of the first um, book, I think, is issue 10, and that's when her and this guy named Jack Faust, who's a magician, basically teaches uh Promethea how to really teaching her about magic and well yeah that's um, the that's the sex issue i was talking about the sex issue because sex magic is a big part of alan moore's thing and you know it's a big part of western occultism is all you know it all derives from like crowley shit you know yeah and it's very deliberate and just explaining what each piece is across like through the whole thing and it's just like how it's flowing through the different basically talking about chakras and stuff and how the energy flows through you and how it manifests and how it's fucking wild dude you're getting a lot of different stuff and how like just the the magic quote-unquote is just kind of yeah energy flowing through you and how you can harness it and control it to get to different levels different transcendent different nirvana if you will yeah no uh fuck, so fucking, well done alan moore is the is the fucking alistair crowley of comic books like the Dude, just just real. breaking down sex magic in a way that not only fits the story but like it's it's off-putting because like the magician is like a gross old man and prometheus promethea um but that's addressed that's like- and that and it's is very I think it's done intentionally. It's very sure. deliberate because the magician even's mm-hmm. like, Well, I can put on a glamour so you don't have to look at my gross ass dick and then she's like, No, you you your soul has beauty too. And it's like, Yeah, yeah sure. It's not part about of this your is, physical Your yeah. gross and, dick is and beautiful sure, in its own way. And part of this is obviously um like fantasy fulfill- fulfillment. Um but sure. it's it's also magical principle. So like like Alan Moore could make this creepy and and very purposely didn't. Yeah. Yes. Um, And 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 definitely straight up fucking. Oh my god, we got a straight up superhero issue where she fights jelly fucking monsters. I love uh, um, when with the UFO police cars. (laughs) I love when she's like fighting in the like high Brazil portion of the Immateria, and she's just like, it's always fucking manigators like remember that time <laughs> oh, that yeah, i yeah, fought yeah. like the like leopard people and then there was that time that was like sentient clouds this guy is so fucking like it's just about how like comic book writers are lazy and just keep going back to the yeah. well <laughs> mm-hmm. yep so good yeah alan moore has an opinion on a lot of shit that he puts in this book <laughs> and yeah. and puts it in in a way that isn't old man screams a cloud you know and it's, 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 it's actually it feels part, natural yeah, it's part of the story. It's not just like the rantings of an angry man. Correct. It, it he, can be both. He went full wizard on this book. Like, w- like everyone always oh, jokes absolutely. that he's a wizard, but like, I never read this, this before. Oh, I never knew that he actually literally is a wizard. This oh, is he's it. literally a wizard. He's yeah. literally trying to summon a snake god. That, that is what he is doing right now as we speak. It's, <laughs> it's very apparent. We also not one of my even favorite. fucking around. <laughs> Go ahead, it's, it's very apparent why Moore and Morrison like comic books so much because it is such a perfect medium i mean it they like they work with their idea of magic in such a amazing way 
like the the I mean, comic books are literally like you know a manifestation of like a physical manifestation of their imagination mixed yep. with another person's. Like it's collaborative and and uh you know you it, it's such an interesting way that it, it kind of uh juxtaposes with their thoughts on just magic in general uh yeah like yeah. like morrison's whole thing about specifically in animal man creating themselves in that world it wasn't ah, ha, 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 i'm gonna put myself in this comic they created a fiction suit like that was their they put they they were literally traversing the second dimension because, like, we are th- three-dimensional creatures observing the second dimension. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, this is Alan Moore taking that and going the opposite way of, like, we're going to go to the fifth dimension of imagination. And, like, so rather than, like, pulling it back down to Earth, we're going up into the Kabbalah and into the concept of reality. Well, he, um, he illustrates thought cool, forms man. so well in this. Because, like, that's that's mm-hmm. all the Goed- Goedia is and, like, um and gods and myths and monsters they're all thought forms and they kind of live in this common space that we can tap into but like yep. he yeah, actually and like goes mythology there. is yeah mythology Correct. is a thing that exists through all cultures and all t- like there's a reason that the like prophetic myth exists in every single religion like there is a jesus christ in every myth in every religion, there's some form of that, and I think he's doing that with a with an original character makes it really interesting because he can say exactly what he wants to say without having any kind of structure that like beholdens him to a mythology. It's like I th- this is whole cloth a new mythology that is in all of the other mythologies. You know what I mean? Not really, because he's he's very clearly hermetic, obviously, but like oh yeah. No, no, no. But he, is the, a, he is a Kabbalist. Because I mean, Prometheus specifically. Imi- yeah. I like, know. But, but, like, but Prometheus is a manifestation of pieces of the Kabbalah spheres. Yes. But also, Kabbalah read, is. Just read two and three. <laughs> that's where two and three goes. Okay. Fair that's enough. The, uh, that's the rest of the series. No, okay. I know what you're saying, but I'm just saying that's where he goes with this character. Got it. Um, okay. it takes it takes that character from, yeah, the material we've seen, but she is all of these characters are made up of different elements and pieces of this Kabbalah because all things that exist and don't exist or we create start at the Godhead, the Oneness, and they fall through the tree and get pieces and are remove th- things and become human as they come f- closer and closer to Earth. Our our sphere on the Kabbalah, that's like I the mean, general. It, it, it works like thinking about and goes the other way too. Thinking about like <laughs> mythology and and art and everything, it's this thing yeah. that exists that is greater than us. But then when we tap into it, it's extremely personal. So like it, it it's such a, it's greater than us, but not inaccessible to yeah. us. Which I think is re- like I think that's like the key thing that he's driving home. Like anyone could tap in and be Promethea effectively and he talks about how like artists and uh you know like writers and everything were were like the strongest force of mining that kind of of like building the immateria um yeah they were the closest to it because of course they were like they were the creative the creatives and they're the ones who kind of manifest they kind of structured it yeah 
and then the immateria kind of became its own thing and like you're talking about casey like just becomes part of this myth that kind of becomes its own thing yeah but it's all connected it like it's like a it's like a it's like a step on the uh the way up the like the life tree i think it's called the kabbalah tree it's wild shit dude wild shit all strung along between which like a kind of there's some funny shit in between Al Moore saying a lot of things about society and also giving us a kind of pretty cool superhero book in mm-hmm. between. Um, <laughs> and like then this last issue, this last issue in this trade, he's just like, all right, guys, hold my beer. I need to tell you about lots of lots of tarot cards real quick. And basically <laughs> he gives the entire history of the tarot deck, what they all mean why they mean what they mean and how they've evolved through time all through the uh through promethea asking the two states snakes mike and mac on her staff to explain it to them in rhyme they only speak in like poems basically so it it's fucking it's like etrigan explaining the tarot Mm. Yeah, it's like if there was an ever a writing flex, like that was fucking it, man. <laughs> like, um, I love that too. And the because, whole time you know, there's a, I don't know if you like at the bottom through the whole issue, it's throughout. If you read it, it's a joke from um, that uh, Alistair Crowley yeah. told the Alistair yes. Crowley joke throughout the whole issue, which is like fucking ridiculous, incredible <laughs> about um, like an invisible cat or some shit. <laughs> Um, fucking wild it's also fucking incredible like um like rj mentioned the fact that like morrison and more are drawn to this medium um yeah we've mentioned her briefly but rachel pollock is the uh writer that took over after grant morrison for doom patrol and she is famous outside of comics for being the number one expert on the tarot like that is like she is like an occult and like master and the final villain of her doom patrol run is the kabbalah yeah. yeah destroying the, <laughs> almost destroying the universe yeah so Amen. it's like it, it, it's it's not a mistake that all of these things kind of lead in this direction in a way that's really fun yeah it's not an accident that they're all on my shelf <laughs> <laughs> and i have rachel pollock's book over here it's uh 78 degrees of wisdom if you're curious i mean if we're, if we're talking the about tarot. the tarot relationship to doom patrol i have the becky clunan uh oracle set yeah. oh nice nice yeah, yeah i just i just love how this book just ends up with just a just a fucking epic poem of just explaining what the tarot is um and what why it means because all of this shit is just like a primer for the the rest of the book because <laughs> <laughs> effect, effectively sophie's like cool because during this big battle barbara uh, ends up she she's injured and ends up dying and she actually ends up she decides to not stay with the other prometheus and travel on to find her husband the the writer and and be with him in like the afterlife quote unquote so sophie promethea decides i'm also going to do that after learning about magic and all this stuff to go help her out make sure she's okay and that's when we get the journey through the the kabbalah tree and learning all of that stuff and we meet lots of that's when you get to your the your back of your brain just gets like random magician names <laughs> thrown at you and you're like oh shit oh i know that you get guy. like a 
You get like a John D shows up. Oh um, yeah. Oh John D. Uh, Classic. Austin Austin Spar shows up. He's there a bunch of times. Crowley's obviously. Obviously. Crowley's there. So like it's um it's 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 a really cool um journey, but it's um it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it's and it's, it's really a lot of fun. good and it's beautiful. Uh this is one of my favorite books. Um Yeah, thank you Sean I, for I, taking us on this yeah. fucking journey. This is just kind of fit really into the last couple of years, like obviously kind of getting on the more train and just really in this whole hermetic uh, journey of just like philosophy and just mag- mysticism and magic. Um, and I think more does one. He does such a great job of taking these such convoluted concepts and putting them in such simpler, t- simple terms, but also kind of what Artie's talking about using this medium to almost like you really understand and like you you can see what this is supposed to be like it feels like he know like my man feels like he made it to the like he's been there yeah. like, you know what say, i mean like he's been it's in crazy area and this is his him reporting back right and like even in the later issues it's like it feels like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My guy um, has been there. <laughs> my man has taken some fucking crazy DMT and has seen the time angels. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's just a fucking insane magician and just like wills it into existence. There's a meme I What's shared the in the group chat earlier yeah, this week. What was it? Just, just Stop watching fun... superhero movies. Come do mushrooms and summon a snake god. With yeah, them. that's the one. Now, now yeah. we'll have to such talk a... about the unwritten and do the the book version of oh, of this. The unwritten is. I love the unwritten. That's such a great <laughs> book. But yeah, we should. It's, it's the immateria, but it's all literary. But books. Yeah, I think I'm gonna make you guys read the Max next season. Oh, okay. cool. Let's get super. I like weird. it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's all do right, it. Man. Yeah, I, I love this shit. I thought. Like I said, this kind of blew me away. Not just because like the the story is is and the information in there is great, but like J. H. Williams, this is just a masterclass in page layout, art, design, style. I, I don't know, pick I a word. It's just maybe my favorite comic book artist. Just like it's, I read Salmon Overture after I read this, and that book is even better somehow. And it's only six <laughs> issues, and it's some of the craziest layouts I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's incredible. So get your eyeballs on some Promethea. I think you know the hardcovers are out there that you guys can get and enjoy. Um, I would highly recommend it. <laughs> Casey is ready mm-hmm. for bed. I died. Don't look at me. I'm All right. Well, geez, man. How do you? How do you? How do you walk off something at like that? At the end this? of the show, baby. That's all magic, baby. So yeah, um, let's keep this conversation going in the uh, in the Discord. Let's see. Let's see how yeah, weird. Y'all want to talk get. about sex magic? Let's get in the fucking let's, Discord, let's fucking, bro. Let's get go, fucking bro. weird, you guys. Uh, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you a link to our Discord. It's totally free. You can come hang out with us. You can talk with us there and interact with all the other shows on dueling genre um also if you like us if you like dueling genre give us your money uh go to duelinggenre.com slash support and join our patreon we have all kinds of new stuff in the patreon for you every week um yeah so uh that's it for us what are we doing next week what are we i think we got some flash oh, yeah. Ooh, going back to basics with some with some good old superheroes 
so uh yeah come come hang with out next week we're going to talk about the flash uh goodbye everybody